0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to No Chuck Flick Moments, your one-stop shop for Supernatural Meta. Hello. Hello. I am your co-host, Remy. And
1: I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. And today we are taking care of Season 2, Episode 3, Bloodlust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny, when... I wrote down the name for this episode last week. I'm like, the fuck is this? Where are <laughs> I have we no I memory of being here. <laughs> but B, we were kind of talking about it before recording. Early Supernatural is damn good.
1: It's so good. Like, there's so much about season two that I forget exists. And then watching it again is just a little delight every time. I mean, even
0: with this episode, I'm like, okay, oh, the Gordon episode. But then you watch it and you're like, the fuck? Yeah. This is really good.
1: I love Gordon. He's such an interesting character in this episode.
0: Stellar. Absolutely like stellar. Sterling
1: Sterling K. Brown. He had rocket fuel strapped to his back. He was ready to just blast off, but we got to see him when he was, like, on takeoff. He was, he was entering the atmosphere, and we're like, oh, we get to see this glimmering star <laughs> as he passes through season two. I,
0: Gordon here is giving off, like, big cast vibes, where you just get the feeling that they have this role, and they're like, oh, this angel that we're gonna bring in for three episodes, and then that's, whatever, his role. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, A-plus actor, we have to do something with them again.
0: I, I know. And I don't know if they had always planned on bringing Gordon back, because he does come back a co- for a couple of episodes in, yeah. throughout the season. Um, But Sterling K. Brown just totally knocks it out of the park. You can just tell if they have this part, and it's just a person. It's just a part. But then Sterling mm-hmm. K. Brown comes in and forgive forgive the um unoriginality of my metaphors here but like big dean vibes where you bring (laughs) jensen ackles into the into a role and okay you're just the han solo and then he's like but he's got a really soft heart right and he's got yeah. all these layers. And he's got yeah. all these micro-expressions and complexities. And Gordon is nothing like Dean Winchester. There's no soft heart here. But you just put this the right person in the right role, and you're like, damn, it comes son. comes to
1: life. Damn. Yeah. damn. Yes. Yeah. I mean... We'll talk about Gordon as he exists in this episode, and then we'll get to how his characterization develops as we move forward. Um, but as an introductory character, like, just looking at this episode alone, he's a really compelling, interesting character. And it's only as we get deeper in that we're like, oh, we shouldn't have trusted white <laughs> people to write him. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Again, well. <laughs> Sterling K. Brown is doing fine. He did not need this show. But I'm like, mm, this show, it could have been more thoughtful about what it was doing.
0: Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. But that's <laughs> for future podcast episodes. Mm hmm. Yep. 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 Remy, tell us, tell us who's making the episode today.
0: Today. We're talking about Bloodlust. It was an episode written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Robert Singer. The original air date for the episode was 10-12-06. Ooh. Coming up on Halloween.
1: And we're bringing back vampires.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Sarah Gamble and Robert Singer, uh, at the helm of this episode, are... Old hats.
1: Yeah. Familiar names. And I was kind of keeping an eye out for Robert Singer. I'm like, this, his style was still very fresh in 06. Like, he was doing a good job here. Uh, Except
0: that we pulled the same move, the same spookums move, four times in one episode. Shh. (laughs) Shh. I mean, we'll get to it. (laughs) Freeze frame.
1: No freeze frames, but... (laughs) I'll talk about it very soon, but give us the synopses.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, The synopses of this episode begins sounding like something you would see on Pornhub, but... (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know, I just read it in a very bow chicka wow... I'm way. Like, stop
1: making me wait. <laughs> when I, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. The synopsis for this episode uh, Sam and Dean meet Gordon, a fellow demon hunter who has been systematically killing vampires in a small town. And Dean immediately bonds with the older man Mm -hmm. however after sam meets with the lead vampire and discovers they are actually peaceful creatures who survive on cattle blood he decides not all supernatural beings are evil and forces dean to choose whether he will side with sam or gordon
1: i mean the gordon dean energy this episode (laughs) i i have opinions i have opinions (laughs) Oh my god, older man! I'm like Sterling K. Brown is Why? maybe <laughs> like a year older than Jensen. <laughs>
0: like, I I would peg him. I would peg him for four or five years older than Jensen. So when when I wrote that down, I was like, "Tell me more about how Dean bonds with this older man."
1: I'm like, wink, are you wink. telling me he imprints on him like a baby duck? Like. Our Dean Winchester? Never! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my god. I love this episode. Okay. How do we open this episode? We open in Red Lodge, Montana at night. We see a woman fleeing through the woods, pursued by a shadowy figure. And just when we think she might have escaped, um, the figure slashes a sickle and her head comes off. Title card. Mm,
0: Title card. Yeah, so we're very, um, uh, very, I don't know, House of Wax, very Final Destination vibes here. That early 2000s horror.
1: Like, you're hoping this is the final girl, but you know in the opening credits it ain't the final girl. I, I, sometimes
0: these episodes slap me in the face with, I don't know. Just the You're a
1: mini horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and they and they actually do a really good job of it this episode.
1: hmm
0: Like early Supernatural is good TV. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> uh. It reminds me of that one post that I saw on Tumblr, where someone had put a term into Google and the autocomplete was giving two options, and what they had typed was "When does supernatural become?" and then the autocomplete was "Good," and "When does it become bad?" and they're like, "Oh my God, I could write essays on this." <laughs> I,
0: it's I'm just I've been too far removed from it i forgot how good it it is Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna hit season six season seven and it's just gonna be
1: remember how he's paused in season seven for literal year
0: tough times
1: it was a drought (laughs) i was i was gonna say drowning but that is not what i said earlier (laughs) i was dehydrated as shit i was dying of thirst i needed
0: cast back I feel, I feel like I'm just a, a glutton right now. I'm eating all this delicious food and mm-hmm.
1: eventually. Cake after cake after cake. I know. And then the same woman who is feeding us today is going to make us starve.
0: <laughs> well that's far Title down card. the line. Title card. Title card. <laughs> Very far down the line.
1: Yes. Um, We cut to daylight with Sam and Dean driving, and it's, drumroll please, baby, out back on the streets of, I don't know, Midwest America.
0: We hear the purr of the engine. We have ACDC's back in black. Just in case we
1: didn't know. I was like, this is where I was watching the episodes that oh robert singer is directing this because it was just cut after cut of baby at various angles You had to see <laughs> all four tires individually <laughs> but she's I, back i can't even be with you
0: in this moment b because sh- baby's back and she's looking good
1: <laughs> she's back in black baby you're just as excited as Dean is in this moment. Like, he's oh, yeah. grinning from ear to ear. He is living with what the car is doing for him.
0: <laughs> B, did you know that this is the first episode that we get uh, Baby named for Baby? No. Yes.
1: I-, I was gonna guess you're gonna say this is the first episode where Sam starts parting his bangs. That's that true? <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> oh my god oh my god she's baby now yes complete.
0: I mean Dean like you said just in this moment happy as a pig and shit he is cruising down the highway so proud of his accomplishment in putting baby back together building her back up and um he is commenting to Sam, you know, listen to her purr, That that's right, baby, give it to me. Oh, okay, I'm getting a little, a little sensual here. <laughs> no, you're doing
1: exactly what Dean was doing, because Sam even says, like, do you guys need to get a room? <laughs> Dean, Dean says, I think
0: the line is, oh, come on, baby, don't listen to him. Or something like that, or or
1: it's just you and me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it it might actually be not even Sam related at all. It might it just might be something like no, baby's got it. She's got me. She's got this. She's yeah. it's it's baby, and yeah. this is the first time that Dean actually does uh, reference to the car as come on, baby or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and it. It actually made me laugh a little bit because when I heard that, I was like, is this the first baby? And I was right. It really was. (laughs) Um, But two, we had been talking about this just a couple of weeks ago. When did baby become baby? And I was positing that it, you know, I felt that it might have been when Dean, you know, grasped her tight with both hands, and it's like, This is family. This is baby. This is family. And it mm-hmm. was at this start of season two when he really needed something to hold on to. And, and, and
1: he's rebuilt her from the ground up. Like, right. that again. You're going with the sexy metaphors here. That intimacy that he probably has not had with this car before now. You know, they did not total the car before 2006. (laughs) So this is his first real opportunity of participating in every level of the reconstruction. So he's probably very intimate with the parts and very fond of what he's done. Like, yeah. a deep sense of accomplishment and connection to the car.
0: Yeah, and, and you feel that now. And uh, yeah, when just in season one you didn't feel anywhere near that level of uh, attachment that you knew was going to be coming in the later seasons.
1: Exactly.
0: And, and we always attribute we did attribute it to you know it's it's season one you're not gonna get there right off the bat Mm -hmm. uh but we've arrived
1: yeah we've had enough time with the characters on screen and showed the significance of the car that we can see how that start of this beautiful braid it's been knotted securely and we're going to just continue building on it throughout the years yeah yeah yeah.
0: Man, the two things that can get me talking for 15 minutes straight every single fucking time. The Hunter Hub <laughs> and Baby. <laughs> I'm a simple woman with simple taste.
1: I mean, I was thinking of you when I saw this scene because I was, again, <laughs> my mind on that um, what you brought up, the couple podcast episodes back of mm-hmm. When Did Baby Become Baby? Mm-hmm. And here she is.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, baby becoming so deeply tied not just to dean but to family as well yes and we can talk about sam and dean and john and the car and everything but um
1: that's not the episode today yeah
0: not today right now we're just glad that she's back on the road so
1: yes dean's in a good mood he's saying that things are looking up and sam is just shocked that dead cows and severed heads could make dean so happy
0: He's got his car. He's got a case. What more could he want to be?
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're going to see how this episode is giving us a Dean that's really trying to plaster on a positive face, but he's really grasping for simplicity. He wants a world that makes sense again. And he's trying to build it with literally like two sticks.
0: Mhm and you know that in the uh previously on ahead of this episode we were laying heavy on highlighting the events of the last uh, the first two episodes of mm-hmm. season 2 where we had everything that went down with John and then his Sam and Dean struggling with what went down with John and Dean losing it on his own he says I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay whoops here's a crowbar yeah and how did then, baby get
1: banged up whoops
0: yeah and then Sam pushing Dean uh trying to get something out of Dean but ultimately just leaning into Dean to so that he wouldn't have to think about his own feelings on the thing
1: yeah yeah And one of the things that we also saw on the recap was, again, the mystery whisper that John Mm. placed into Dean's ear before he died. And I think, again, we don't know what it is while watching the episode. But with hindsight, that whisper adds a really interesting layer to this entire episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sam thinks that Dean isn't dealing with his messy feelings for, you know, around John's death, but Sam doesn't even know the half of it because Dean does love his dad and does mourn his dad, but there's John's last words to Dean that must be souring that we know is souring everything about John in in Dean's eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, not dancing around it, we, spoilers, in future episodes learn that what John whispered to Dean was essentially, like, if your brother turns bad, you have to kill him. Yeah. And so to take that complexity, that situation that Dean now finds himself in, that his father who he's always been so dutiful to has given him this impossible burden carrying forward for the brother that he has unconditional love for and these two things are being pitted against each other that's an internal tension that is really really just disastrous for someone like dean And so I think watching this episode with that in mind, you can see how Dean would be very tempted by the, um, the creed that Gordon is preaching here, where it's black and white. Things are simple.
0: Right. Right. That major theme of the episode where if it's, if it's supernatural, we kill it. That's something that, uh, what, you know, the, what John said about Sam is adding a layer onto this, and I don't think that that is something that's explicitly uh, alluded to in this episode. It's not something that we point uh, at in this episode, but it's something that we can appreciate with hindsight, and we can appreciate mm-hmm. only knowing, you know, only having context for what John's... Uh, words to Dean were.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where now Dean has to worry that uh, his father believes that Sam is something that has the potential to go bad and go bad so bad that Dean would have to kill his own brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a later scene with Gordon, I think, that would dovetail great with this bit here. I feel right. like
0: the me. I'm <laughs> like, too.
1: it's been 15 minutes or whatever of the episode. We're like, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. I know, I
0: know, I know, I we'll know. So let's it, go. But, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So Sam and Dean arrive in Red Lodge. They are posing as pretend reporters to question the sheriff. We find out that two human heads have been found, the most recent of which was two days ago. And when they try and ask him about the cows, I was like, the cow deaths, the cattle deaths that have been occurring, the sheriff almost laughs them off because they see a connection. They're like, this could be satanic rituals based off of their experience. But the sheriff is like, my ranching experience tells me you leave a dead cow out in the sun and what you see is what you get.
0: yeah. No such thing as cattle mutilation. Two things about this scene: I love Sam and Dean in their little Clark Kent journalist suits, mm-hmm. and I goddamn love the sheriff. He oh, he's great. It's so good, so dynamic, so funny. I mean, th- we we get so many good. I want to say unscripted uh, character moments in this episode because I feel like this was just one of those episodes where the writing is elevated because you can tell that the actors are having just so much fun with it.
1: Yeah. Every step of the way. Yeah, they're able to bring their own flavors in. And seeing these character actors, or seeing them, the sheriff steals the scene. You really feel... Yeah, it's so good.
0: No such thing as cattle mutilations. You know why? Because this is what happens when you leave a cow in the sun. (laughs) The bloke gets to them, they split wide open, and then all their bodily fluids drains into the ground because that's what gravity does.
1: Yeah. He's like, I have to teach you city folks something because you (laughs) clearly know nothing sitting here in my office.
0: Or, I don't know, maybe it's Satan.
1: (laughs) What paper did you work for again? And then like what is it the world weekly news which (laughs) beautiful beautiful dean stem stumbling over the name of the paper and then just being like i'm new here
0: (laughs) again just the it feels like it feels like ad lib but you know it doesn't matter how much is ad lib how much is written in but the you can tell that the actors are taking it and running with it yeah it's really good
1: yeah In this next scene, too, you get that energy as well. They head over to the county hospital, and Dean takes a swing and a miss at the morgue attendant's name, but otherwise they manage to get themselves ushered into the body room um, without anyone supervising them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're still guessing that it is Satanists, so they're checking if there's any marks on the victim's body. And when they roll open the body drawer, they start bickering over who ought to open the bin with the head inside of it.
0: Dean says something like uh, Remember that Satanist case in Florida when they carved the pentagrams on the heads? Mm -hmm. Yes. Some fucked up shit happens in Florida.
1: <laughs> Why is it always Florida?
0: <laughs> and then with the bodies, they do everything but rock, paper, scissors over the Tupperware that's holding the victim's severed head.
1: Yeah. Like you could see that both of them have a little layer of, I don't want to be the one that has to look at it. And then, what do you mean you're too scared to look at it? <laughs> like they both have it at the same time, both mm-hmm. of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, so d- Sam's the one to open the Tupperware, and then Dean is like, You should you should poke around a little bit, you know, see if there's anything stuffed into its mouth or. Uh, she- you know,
1: just like in Silence of the Lambs, is there something wedged down her throat? Mm hmm,
0: mm hmm. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs>
1: yes. Ugh. I'm so happy that Silence of the Lambs is within his repertoire. (laughs) Yeah, Sam feels nothing when he's got his fingers in the dead woman's mouth. Um, But Dean spies something beneath her upper lip. And when they poke around at it, they realize that there are retractable fangs. And the victim was a vampire. Well,
0: this changes things.
1: Hmm, yeah. Yeah. It's not often we see the monster's body in the morgue, so. Which, you know. I mean,
0: what, What? how do you even, how do you even explain that in an autopsy?
1: Are they looking? Oh, I don't I know. mean, I mean, if it's, like, okay, the head's chopped off, I feel like that's the cause of death. Like, <laughs> I think we got it figured out. <laughs> but I also don't know, like, who... With the family, like, they wouldn't have family because, as we find out this episode, this was a group of vampires that moved into the area about six months ago. And it, who would call and be like, I need a deeper inspection mm-hmm. about how she died.
0: hmm
1: Yeah. But there is curious questions of, like, mm, you think some of this anatomy would show up at some point
0: i think that it actually does uh cuz as i said what do you even say in an autopsy there was a line that just surfaced rose up from the waters of my hind brain that <laughs> uh severe d- uh, dental deformities or something like that oh
1: yeah yeah and that's I- in like season 14 with the michael monsters
0: yeah, yeah, I just, I had this vision in my head of, I don't know, Sam holding an autopsy report, and he was just reading off the paper, and it was like, you know,
1: this is one yeah. of,
0: this is one of the monsters, we know what this is, so.
1: Yeah, my medical opinion is this is really fucked, is <laughs> like what the attendant is saying.
0: And, and Sam rolling his eyes at, you know, what the normal people will just wave yeah. off.
1: yeah. But, okay, we have a vampire victim. Let's find out more about what the fuck is going on here. So it is now nighttime. They are parked outside of a bar. Sam and Dean go in, order beers, and they bribe the bartender for information about any new residents in the area. I, I actually elves. laughed.
0: <laughs> I laughed pretty hard when they're like, yeah, g- g- two beers, please, two beers
1: two alcoholic beverages.
0: (laughs) And then they have this dramatic moment where they take one sip out of the long neck and slide it down and then disappear.
1: Right? Not suspicious at all. And there's also the pointed comment Dean makes about, you know, they're real party all night, sleep all day type folks, where that's a reference to Lost Boys, Mm -hmm. our little little Lost Boy fan here. So I'm like, "Mm." Again, you're just really shedding information. Like we're hunters. We're looking for a thing. Don't be suspicious. Don't don't, don't be suspicious.
0: <laughs> I I loved when they were rolling up to this roadhouse. We made a point of having this weird little scene where yep. they roll past the roadhouse and they're in the car, Dean looks at Sam, Sam looks at Dean. It's it was Oh, what's what's that movie? Um, Pulp Fiction mm. with uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson in a car, and they just look at each other and they're like, "Yeah, let's go, let's roll." <laughs> so they they go and I don't know, they go and they park at the roadhouse and they go inside. But I'm like, what what you, is is oh, this how investigation
1: goes? <laughs> what's going on? I was like, that was, I was like, that's Robert Singer right there. It's a right weird Bob vibe. Yes. I'm with you. Just something about it. I. That's the moment where I was like, this does feel like 2006, if it's lucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so they're talking to the bartender. Like you said, they bribe the bar- bartender. Ask if there's any suspicious characters
1: coming mm-hmm. around lately. Mm-hmm.
0: and the bartender says that there is a group of rowdy folk that have recently leased out the Barker Farm Uh, the bartenders had to kick them out a few times and yeah. uh, that's when Sam and Dean share another significant look, take a single sip of beer and then walk out shoulder to shoulder
1: yeah, they're like that's good enough for us <laughs> Yeah, without a word <laughs> And so as they've been doing this questioning, we get some shots that show that there is a man sitting at a table um, near the back of the bar that is paying attention to them. And by time Sam and Dean get ready to leave, this man has already gone. Yep. And so we cut outside. We see this man following Sam and Dean down the alleyway. And then he ends up getting ambushed by Sam and Dean. Um, They come around, sneak from behind like a cat chasing a second cat (laughs) around a coffee table. And then they demand to see the man open his mouth to show off his teeth. Yeah. Like the weirdest fucking situation if this was just a civilian. (laughs)
0: which i mean they're definitely not like gordon is giving off a civilian vibe right here no
1: no if someone's following sam and dean they're like okay we have to there's something about this person that means that they're not in the normal life yeah yeah
0: and this is the second time that we pulled the uh cats chasing each other around the coffee table peekaboo (laughs) once in the opening scene once right here like oh where'd they go oh i guess they're gone oh no
1: they're right there oh my god you're right i wasn't even thinking about that twice more there's two more oh my god i can't wait for you to point out every fucking time
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh and and let's not skip over the fact
1: that the bartender in this roadhouse is benny ty Olson. Thank you. He's going to be two separate vampires in two separate seasons. <laughs> I love it. I honestly, I knew that he
0: was in an early epi- earlier episode of Supernatural. I knew as soon as they walked into the bar, I was like, oh, look, it's Benny. Yeah, the bartender. Like, just the one-bit character, the bartender in that one episode. And then... When he's the vampire later, I totally didn't know that. And I was like, he's a vampire
1: in both episodes. <laughs> they what? got you again. I love it. They got me again. Because every time that I've seen,
0: you know, the screen cap that's a little Benny in another episode, it is uh, just him at the bar. You know? Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh just that one that one random bartender that one time. But
1: then he's a vampire. What? And and he comes back to threaten Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. I can't believe that they didn't if they were gonna bring back a dude and be like you're 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 Benny and you're a vampire, but you were also Eli and a vampire. Why did Ty Olson not be like, um, Hi, you may not remember me, but I actually have already played this part before. Are you sure you don't want to reuse that fact? Remy?
1: Remy, I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because he just wanted his checks signed. He's like, I do not fucking care. I do not care. (laughs) But still,
0: I mean, they made this new character, Benny in Purgatory. He could have been
1: Eli the Vampire. That, that... Yeah, but they would have to explain why all of a sudden he gained a Cajun accent while he was in purgatory. (laughs) And they're like, oh, now he's from Louisiana and he's a vampire. And yeah, they were just like, it's too much a hassle to like give him this backstory. (laughs) Fine. Well, it's not
0: like they had the whole backstory for him when they first introduced the character.
1: I mean, you never know. They could have genuinely been like, what kind of monster should Dean befriend while he's in purgatory to get him out? Why couldn't he have befriended one
0: of the cattle drinking vampires that Dean spared that one time? Seems like a perfect friend opportunity.
1: Because we, A, don't remember, and B, we (laughs) wouldn't be able to say he's a vampire. They, I swear to God, they were like, that's what we want to do. We're going to work towards that. Anything we do with Benny after (laughs) that is gravy. Oh, God, don't make me, oh, God, don't make me laugh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, mean, I mean, I'm with you, but on the flip side of that Remy okay do we want another Jenny situation where it's like we're bringing you back 15 years later and we're like who so they, if they had tried to bring Ty Olson back as Eli it would genuinely be like who why him like there then, would just be questions around that then we could have been like Benny did
0: it first Benny did it better fuck you Jenny
1: <laughs> Benny versus Jenny fight <laughs> Okay,
0: so... Okay, so, Gordon, Sam, and Dean, outside the bar, in the back alley. Dean and Sam pinned Gordon. They're demanding that he show his pearly whites. And Gordon is like, whoa, calm down. Calm down, dude. I'm not a vampire. I'm totally giving Gordon the wrong vibe here, but you you get me. You get me.
1: (laughs) He's... Again, Sterling K. Brown, the energy that he brings, he just feels like this rocky shore that the ocean crashes up against and is just completely unperturbed by that. Yes. Like, you could have a monsoon, a tidal wave wash up against him and he'd be like, anyways, I'm still standing here. Yes, like, The energy he has is just unflappable. He's this cool, stoic little stone and good luck moving him
0: i totally agree with that but then he even brings another layer to it where there are these moments these little moments (laughs) that you don't even notice unless you're looking for them where he is the rock in the storm totally unflappable but then he's also the storm there, yeah, just a tick. And is that a rock? Or is that some, like, eldritch horror creature that's coming up from the ground that yeah. strikes fear into your heart? Because yeah, he goes once still. every thousand
1: years, we uh-huh. piss it off enough that it rises.
0: He goes still, and he goes dangerous. And it's just this little tick, <laughs> this little <laughs> half a second moment that's like... You wouldn't think
1: he could go more still, and yet somehow he does, like...
0: Yeah, 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 and then and then he's just you know I'm chill, I'm totally chill.
1: Yeah, we're all friends here, aren't we?
0: Like he didn't just send a, a chill down your spine, like you knew oh. he would rip her throat out in a heartbeat.
1: He's so good. I love this character.
0: It's really good. It's been a very long time since I've seen Gordon, mm-hmm. and I appreciate him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's really an interesting element to add to the show. Because, again, we're introducing more hunters this season. And oh, we got yes. Joe Tell me. and Ellen and Ash last episode. And I'm like, here's our friendly white <laughs> folk that run a bar that, you know, they're clearly going to be <laughs> our allies. And then here in the next episode, we get another hunter that, you know, seems to be competent, seems on top of everything, knows John's reputation, knows their reputation. And then we're being told that this character is not who he seems. And it's just, hmm, we haven't had hunters be the villain yet. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing something new with this character here. Well...
0: I mean, speaking of hunters, Gordon is a great character to bring into the canon, but he's also bringing in a lot of, how should I say, he's bringing in this whole new, not dynamic, but a facet to our existing canon, which is, oh, you know how hunters talk yeah
1: yes
0: putting more onto that hunter community thing that we started talking about in episode two
1: yeah because season one we see like sam and dean even struggling to maintain communication with a third hunter their father (laughs) so this season is giving us um It's shining a little light on, okay, there are roadhouses out there, presumably more than just Ellen's, where hunters can gather and they share information about cases and they get fed cases by the people who run these places. And there's a whole hunter hub out there. There's a network. And this season we're getting to experience some of that. We're also getting to question why... Sam and Dean didn't get to experience that before. Hunter hub. Okay. (laughs) You said it. I didn't say it. You said it. Remy died
0: and resurrected today. (laughs) Today we have Gordon who is, you know, now chatting up Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean Winchester, by Mm -hmm. God. You know, I heard your dad was a great hunter. I he- I heard he died. I'm sorry to hear that. But I hear you guys, you know, big shoes to, fi- to fill. But, ooh, you guys are a force to be reckoned with all on your own. I- I've heard all about you. And yes. Dean comments on it. He's like, well, wow, you seem to know a lot about us. And Gordon says, well, yeah, you know. You know how hunters talk. You know how it is. No, actually, we don't. And then that right there is when we question, why? Why don't? Yes. Gordon even says, I met your dad once. You know. Yeah.
1: Force of personality, right? And isn't it something that this episode, we're getting told how much, um you know, Gordon is saying that John's this great hunter, hell of a guy, um, really holds him in high regard. And then we're also being told that Gordon has a skewed perspective of things. And it just made me wonder, I'm like, okay, if he is able to relate with John and like, have a good time, and yet we find out Gordon is such a black and white thinker about the way you treat the supernatural like what are we by proxy being told to um understand about john
0: why are you questioning it b dean literally
1: tells us at the end of the episode and sam even says like john is like you can't just replace him with the next person who comes along like This whole episode is just so interesting in how Dean has lost the person who had the clear vision for his life. Yeah. And this episode, we see him trying to replace that with another person who has clear vision. And then his brother being like, no, you can have your own opinion. Stand up for yourself. And yeah. Oh, it's so juicy.
0: I mean, Dean says... Dean agrees with Gordon's black and white. And he speaks to the way that his father raised him. Mm -hmm. Black and white. And then at the end of the episode, when he questions it, he's like, God, it's all screwed up in my head now because it was always black and white. And he says it not once, but twice. Within a couple of sentences, one conversation, the way dad raised us. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
0: but the way dad raised us.
1: And if he asked a question, this one thing, then does that uproot everything else with it? Like, it's a Pandora's box. Once you say, well, maybe he was wrong about this, then you start holding up other bits. And like, well, what about that? Maybe he was wrong about that. Maybe John wasn't all knowing... And oh,
0: mm, mm, juicy! I mean, I'm I'm just saying that I don't think that we have to ask the question of you know what does it say about John that Gordon thinks so highly of him and uh, apparently got along with him and sees something of you know John and Gordon's mentality in Dean as well and find some camaraderie there because Dean himself says. You know, we were raised to hate. Hate these things. Hate them with everything that we had. It is black and white. That's the way Mm -hmm. that John raised us. And like you said, clarity of vision. it, it, It was always Dean had someone to be his compass. And it was a skewed compass for sure. But he, I think... Appreciates Gordon for having that strength of personality Mm -hmm. and that clear vision. And not, he, we have this guy who doesn't know the meaning of the word internal conflict. And then we have Dean, who is just a storm.
1: He's nothing but internal contradictions and conflicts. Right. And, I think that's where he finds such comfort in, okay, tell me which one of these comes out on top. Right. I don't like this struggle inside me.
0: Right, right. Um. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's a good thing. It's a good it's- episode. And that's one 10-minute sidebar, but we haven't even talked about what we're talking about here in the moment, which is th- that... Gordon is offering this insight into what a hunter community is, and that it exists in the world, and that we have this whole underbelly of a hunter society that apparently John was heavily involved in, but Dean and Sam were isolated from and know literally nothing about and i could talk for another 10 minutes on why that is (laughs) and and and, i mean it is it it is obvious that john made the decision to keep his sons separate from this hunter uh community i would say at their own detriment Mm mm-hmm But here, Gordon is talking like, you know, they're, they have their own notoriety. They're, they're, they're part of this tight knit community. And you can tell that it is a tight knit community, but they're not. Yeah. They weren't allowed to be.
1: They're witnessed objects rather than participants or subjects that are involved in the Hunter Hub.
0: This coming right off the back of, uh, Ash and Joe and Ellen in establishing the, the roadhouse, I have high, high hopes for the, or I would have if I didn't know that unfortunately it doesn't really pan out, you know? It seems like they're setting up for something, but they don't execute, they don't carry it through.
1: Uh, yeah, we're leaving some breadcrumbs of you know what is John's legacy to the boys that we're going to pick at throughout the season. Mhm.
0: And this is the second episode in the in a row that we seem to be setting up for some sort of uh community, and we don't really follow through with it because it's got to be just
1: Sam and Dean against the world. But oh, I know yeah so yeah the scene like you say gordon really knows them they have no clue what gordon is talking about but they know that there's some sort of hunt going on here um gordon confirms yeah he's been here two weeks those two decapitations were his that um line that you got from the bartender that's a bust that won't work out um So when Sam and Dean say, well, we can help you look for where the vampires are kept. um, Gordon politely declines their presence, saying that he's been on their trail for a year and he'll clear out the nest on his own. Um, But, you know, I'll buy you a drink on the flip side. And he takes off and doesn't really seem to care how itching Dean is for a hunt. Um, He's going to take care of it on his own.
0: Yeah, and Dean does try. He tries to say, "No, man, really, let let us help you out. Let us Please, tag along." Please, sir, I could help. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't get that kind of vibe from it. I don't think in this moment. I think that it was more of the itching for a hunt. Not yeah. that he had yet. Not that he necessarily wanted to latch on to gordon oh no himself, i'm just teasing but...
1: <laughs> for what's to come because again <laughs> this this little duckling just finds the element that mm-hmm. he would h- help rescue him in this sea that he's in
0: and yeah yeah well yeah dean is definitely saying that he's like you said itching for a hunt uh, and wants to part- participate, but uh, le- Gordon just says that he'll take care of it on his own. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks.
1: Yeah, so Gordon drives off, and the next that we see is this industrial area, it is this mill at nighttime, and a worker there, Conrad. Seems to be patrolling on security, and he hears a noise outside, and when he goes to check it out, Gordon appears behind him and starts a struggle. The guy manages to hit a button that starts up a saw that's nearby, and he knocks Gordon beneath the blade, starts pulling it towards him to kill him, um, but lo and behold, Sam appears, and he pulls Gordon out of harm's way. Then it is up to Dean to stake the vampire through a through the heart with a harpoon? Question mark <laughs> And then he uses that same saw to decapitate him. Yeah, there's uh,
0: they seem to be on some sort of like warehouse dock kind of setting. Yeah. Uh, but there's it's that-
1: confusing for Montana, but we'll <laughs> give it to them.
0: <laughs> there's that extended fight between uh, Gordon and Conrad. I keep wanting to call Gordon Walker. Uh, uh, which is his name. It's Gordon Walker. But for some reason, every time that I refer to Gordon, I'm like, Walker. It's Walker. No, no, that's not his name. Kind of. Not really. Yeah. But anyways. uh, There's that extended fight between Gordon and Conrad. And then Gordon gets beat down. But Sam and Dean are there to finish what he started. And when Dean actually kills the vampire, Conrad, he pins him to the table and then brings this all down to decapitate him. There is this moment between Dean and Sam where they just seem to... There's this unease that seems to happen. Or uh, there's this feeling of unease unease around this moment of brutality.
1: That's a great word for it. Because when the saw comes down, we do see Dean gets a spray of blood across his face. And when he looks at Sam, he has this blood dotting it and he doesn't look disturbed by it. He doesn't seem at all bothered, but I think that's the fact of why Sam looks bothered did you feel
0: like this was did you feel like the conflict of this episode where where, uh, Sam is really off put by the reality of their job as hunters uh, do you feel like this conflict was did it feel organic or did it feel contrived because I thought that it felt a bit
1: contrived. I I would agree with you. And I'll say to that, there's a deleted scene that helps out. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, after they had been at the hospital, but before they went to the bar, there was a scene with them at the motel. And Sam is saying, you know, things are weird here because they that's a vampire sure but when i look at the missing person statistics mm-hmm. they're all in line with the surrounding area and like he lists off all of this information he's like i'm looking this up and it doesn't seem like this is a regular case and dean is saying come on sam you gotta lighten up you know it's easy we mm-hmm. got a vampires here we're just gonna take care of it and he's the one that's really like Just give me this. Like, we have a straightforward case. Just go find some vampires and kill it. And Sam is complicating it by saying, look at all of the supporting information. It does not support a case. And so that scene, I think, is... It would have been useful to have in advance of this one because... Sam was saying you know maybe there are vampires here but there's not human murders happening here and so for them to just show up help Gordon out and then ruthlessly kill this vampire um I think that that's where it's not sitting right for him is he wasn't on board with just hunting the vampires out yet because he didn't feel like the facts were lining up
0: Hmm. Yeah, they would have never picked this town out of a newspaper or saw something on some forum board and said, hey, this looks like a case. We should go check this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was only once the decapitation started happening that it came onto their radar like you said those human deaths and uh turns out those were the that was gordon killing the vampires but when lenore later in the episode says we're not hurting anybody we are not making waves she really is telling the truth here and sam knows it there are no waves uh it doesn't seem like there's a case here. So I, that, that is very important context because if you're going into this, like, you know, I have a hunt, I am hunting something. uh There's always, you, you always go into it knowing that, there's a bad guy to kill. <laughs> well, not just not just, you know, there's a bad guy to kill because that's what Dean is saying, right? There's mm-hmm. a bad guy we kill it. And it's a vampire, so it's ba- a bad guy. Um but Sam is saying, is there a bad guy because he doesn't feel a reason yet. You know, this is not a ghost that killed a couple of innocent people by being an evil demon child that
1: (laughs) (laughs) with a razor with a razor (laughs)
0: there's nothing there's nothing to hunt down here it's just you know it's a vampire so we kill it okay yeah which we get by the end of the episode but i didn't feel it here at the beginning of the episode
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. I feel, like I said, that deleted scene, I was like, oh, now I understand Mm -hmm. why Sam had the position he did and why Dean had the position he did. But I think they removed it because it spelled out too clearly um, later when Sam gets kidnapped and faced by Eli and Lenore. Um, It spelled out too clearly that Sam wasn't in danger. I think mm-hmm. they wanted that moment to have a bit more surprise or a twist. And in order to do that, they had to take away the groundwork for the character moments in this um, episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just got, I mean, I'm thinking of Sam, I'm thinking of Dean, and I'm thinking of Motive and what their justifications are and Mm -hmm. thinking of this right here this fight with conrad conrad's death this vampire did you kill the monster because it's a monster did you kill the monster because it was going to kill gordon did you kill the monster because it did bad things sam doesn't know if it did bad things nobody because it because he didn't
1: yeah It feels like the difference between this bear broke into my house, so I shot it, Mm -hmm. versus I went out in the woods, fully decked out, and found a bear and killed it. Like, I think that he's used to, I should say, he's accustomed to Hunt's being the bear is in the house and we have to get rid of it because more people are going to get hurt. Yeah. And this is the first case that we see where it's like, "Mm, no, there's no strict benefit from this. There's no one that we're really saving. We're going out of our way to find whatever is here and kill it.
0: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I will never have your power of metaphor be, but your power... Was it a metaphor? (laughs) Your power four metaphor. Yes, you do. Yes, it was. Okay,
1: I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you.
0: (laughs) But you always come, you know, right on, right on the nose there. Got it. You got it. All the things that I was trying to
1: say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. Without that scene, it's not clear why Sam isn't on board. Like I think we're meant to just take at face value that Sam is the more empathic character. He's the more thoughtful one, and so he has reservations mm-hmm. about how this is going. About um, his reservations aren't really clear to us, um, but that that's my gut feeling of what we were supposed to be taking, mm-hmm. and it didn't. It wasn't one hundred percent there to make it clear
0: yeah but yeah this is what carries us into the next 25 minutes of talking in the episode Mm -hmm.
1: yeah we have a lot of park and barks happening here
0: yeah i mean i'm not complaining but that's what it is we yeah (laughs) yeah
1: I mean, it's really compelling conversations, but not as much action as cutting a man's head off with a saw. Uh-huh. So we're at the bar again, and Gordon has um, offered to pay for the shots he and Dean are having, and they are cheering to tonight's kill, complimenting each other, etc., etc., But Sam is in a glowery mood, and he refuses Gordon's attempt at camaraderie. He's like, only Dean gets to call me Sammy. Yeah, because, I
0: mean, Dean's like,
1: Sammy, loosen up. It's
0: Gordon. Yeah, Sammy, loosen up. (sighs) Only Dean gets to call me that. And that unflappableness, that unflappable personality that Gordon has. He's like, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and, like,
1: Gordon takes it really, what's the word I'm looking for, Placably, Yeah. placable, Whatever yeah. one of those means calm. <laughs> because he is genuinely just, oh, my bad, I didn't know. Yeah. And so he seems really affable. He seems like someone that, you know, has a personality that would be good to be around. And so we're meant to feel like... Sam is maybe just being a little pissy. Yes. And yeah, Dean is chiming in with Gordon, saying like, you know, you gotta have more fun at the job. Yeah, I've been saying that all the time. And Sam is just, well, I guess decapitations aren't my idea of fun. I'm gonna head out to the motel. Don't let me bring the mood down. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, and again, I got that same... uh. We're just carrying forward from the last scene. So it felt a little, you know, abrupt. It felt contrived. It was like, mm-hmm. Sam, what's your... I mean, I think that you're right. Me in the audience, I'm sitting with s- Dean and Gordon here. Like, they killed the vampire. They're just having a good time. They're two hunters that... uh you know, We have Gordon just congratulating Dean on a good kill. Um, yeah. This is what they do and Sam is sitting in the corner with his arms crossed, like, I'm not here to have fun.
1: Yeah. Like you say, these two hunters, it's like, well, Sam, you're a hunter too, allegedly. Like, Mm -hmm. he's just spent episode two being like, I want to honor my father's legacy, and I don't think I'm going back to school and all this kind of stuff. So that's where I think, Dean is like, well, come on, if you're committing, commit the whole way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that, like you said, we're meant to be kind of like, oh, uh, we're meant to be more sympathetic towards Gordon and Dean here. Yeah. And then we slowly flip that, of course, later. Uh, but... uh. D- I, I also, and we've already talked about it, but the context of, Sam, where did this high horse come from? What's going on?
1: Yeah, yeah. How did you get up there so fast?
0: <laughs> but Sam uh, excuses himself, and um, the I don't know. It's just a, okay, a boys being boys hanging out kind of vibe. Yeah.
1: I'll go be a wet blanket back at the motel. Mm-hmm.
0: While Dean and Gordon get to continue on with their... They're going to play quarters and see who buys the next round of shots. Yeah,
1: And it ends up with Dean and Gordon trading war stories. And Dean tells this heartbroke, uh, this heartbreaking moment when he was 16. And he's saying that on a hunt was the first time that he realized that he was dealing with worries that no other kid his age would ever dream of being afraid of. You know, these kids are worried about pimples and prom dates. And I'm seeing things that they'll never even know.
0: Yeah, I'm and, shooting ugh. silver-tipped arrows uh, through a m- man-shaped man's heart. And watching the body burn, burn. Standing next to my dad in the middle of the woods watching the body burn. Like, I'm out here killing monsters. Oh
1: my god, right. Like, you saying that, okay, man-shaped monster. Yeah. And again, it's not, I don't think it's an intentional thing Supernatural did, because they're like, we have a budget, our monsters look like people. They have pokey teeth, they have shiny eyes, they have claws, the end. But the fact is, in the Supernatural verse, monsters look suspiciously like humans. And so I'm wondering how much of Little Dean just felt like you were killing people. And had his dad hammer into him this black and white thinking that has become the theme of the episode. That in order for him to be okay with killing people, he had to be taught that they weren't people.
0: Right. And that's why Dean has to pause and say to Sam, why'd you have to go and turn everything upside down. Yes. Now I have to think about this case. Yeah. Now I have to think about what this means. I mean the the ending conversation of this episode is just
1: striking. Wah
0: Uh, striking
1: in the way that two fists to the nose is
0: striking. But yeah here we have Dean talking to Gordon and saying 16 years old i was uh, killing monsters and in this moment i realized that i am not will not and cannot be a normal 16 year old kid
1: he's completely isolated
0: so in that moment i just and he trails off but gordon says embraced the life and i Mm -hmm. have to wonder is that really what dean was going to say
1: yeah yeah or is this another i'll let people fill in the blanks for me like i'll let people give the shape of me yeah i feel
0: like it was a little bit more he was throwing it out he was throwing out this line he was fishing for um you know i was feeling something in this moment and i knew that like i said i was never going to be like any other kid and and i grew up in this and this was this was the moment when you know all of the realization of what my life was going to be w- was coming on to me, yeah, in this one moment. I, I think that it was a moment when mm-hmm. when Dean was thinking, yes, this is going to be my life for for forever. This is who I am. but but
1: the choice of Gordon's word, he says, yeah. embrace the life. Like that has this connotation of welcoming it into your arms. And exactly. Dean is more maybe resigned to the life or something like that. That he realized that this was this conversation you mentioned, like right. a black pit. This is a dark pit that it's too big for him to even consider digging himself out of. I, yeah, the the tone of Dean's
0: voice when he's talking about the moment when he realized that this is going to be his life forever. Um, Dean's tone doesn't necessarily suggest what Gordon is implying, but Dean does latch on to. Again, he's just casting out the line. He's going to reel in what... uh, He's going to go with whatever Gordon says here. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can't help but think that Dean, in that moment, when he was the 16-year-old, year old watching a body burn he wasn't embracing the life that's not yeah. the tone of it was a bleak the moment. moment for him yeah you know if the question is you know how did you get into it or whatever the question was uh, that they got on this topic of conversation um i don't think that Gordon's whole like this is what we were born to do. This is who I am. I'm in, I have fully embraced my role as a hunter, and I enjoy the job. I love going to work. Is yeah. what Gordon's saying. I think that if Gordon had gone a different way, like yeah, man, it's tough. I know. Then Dean would have latched onto that just as hard as he latched onto what gordon actually does say which is you know
1: embrace it love it can i complicate that analysis there for (laughs) me sure sure (laughs) because what gordon says later in this moment is that it is not a crime to need your job Mm -hmm. he doesn't say it's not a crime to love your job or enjoy your job he says need it and so that little Line that he says, I feel like gives so much insight into his character that becoming a hunter was the way he kept it together and kept living and kept going forward after this happened with his sister. And after he, I mean, spoilers, killed his sister, Mm -hmm. that he took the job and he made it into a shape that was survivable, that was livable. And it was this black and white thinking, this good versus evil, that was necessary to keep him moving forward and keep him intact. And so I think what he's saying to Dean here, you know, he is saying like, embrace the life. But it is, again, that element, not even Gordon is really giving a positive optimism anything Mm -hmm. he's more saying as you know if this is the only thread and needle out there available for you you i'm giving you permission to use it to stitch yourself back together again
0: true he even says something similar when dean's talking about his dad and loss and pain and gordon comes back and says good no have that pain use Mm -hmm. that pain use Mm -hmm. that pain to fuel your anger fuel your hunger um and even that sentiment is like you said not a positive thing i don't you're right you know i said i said that gordon was angling more towards the i love my job kind of vibe embrace the life uh and there's a little bit of that, but I think it's more I'm thinking of something that Gordon says later in the episode, which is, "You're a killer, just like me."
1: Uh, like this this bit here, the again, it's this it's this smoky drink. It's this yeah, rich flavor of what Gordon is bringing and again, kudos to Sterling K. Brown because saying embrace the life, but then also saying it's not a crime to need your job. He's giving this spirit of, I, it's like the spirit of depression almost like Mm -hmm. it's, it's the seductivity of giving into the easier route because it is too hard To go to the complex route. And when Dean in this moment is saying that, you know, after John died, like he thought that his dad was invincible and then found out tragically that he is (laughs) just as easy to die as anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that hole that's growing inside of him. Um, it resonates so well with Gordon's character because it is like this depression. It is this pit that Dean is on the precipice of falling into. And Gordon is kind of at the bottom of the pit being like, it's lovely down here in the dark deep.
0: Oh my god. I mean, Dean here, he is actually opening up to Gordon about Mm -hmm. You know, he always thought that his dad was invincible. John was the kind of guy that would get knocked down again and again and again, but he would always come back. So nothing was going to actually take John out, except something did. And Dean says that he's got to keep his game face on, right? He can't talk about this with Sammy. He's got to be okay. hmm but truth is, he's not handling it well. And, exactly. and he just feels feels like and then that's when Gordon comes in to say like there's a hole. There's a hole, this darkness that's just getting bigger and deeper and darker and it and, and it hurts. But Gordon says, good. Keep picking at the edges of that hole. Yeah. Don't let it heal. Use it.
1: Yeah. Let let it blossom. And use it as your new fuel. Yeah. So there is a lot
0: of... There's a lot of layers and crosstalk in this conversation. And I don't know. Something about both Gordon and Dean. You always feel like... Not that they're not saying what they mean but they're leaving a lot of dangling threads and then just picking up where the other left off. Like they're having this almost meandering conversation, but they're just feeding off of each other and bringing each other down a darker path.
1: Yeah. Like they are speaking an unspoken conversation. Mm -hmm. They're, The words are one layer of what's being said, but they're a vehicle for a feeling and like a feeling that it feels so good to indulge in, even though it's the equivalent of poisoning yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have Gordon saying, you know, it's okay to sip a little bit at that poison bit by bit. You know, the, the more you drink, the stronger you'll get. And Dean likes what he's hearing because it aligns with what he wants to do already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to have all of this happening in, I don't know, it's a park and bark, like you said. I don't know. I mean, it, a lot of it even kind of feels unintentional. It's just the energy that the actors are bringing to the conversation.
1: Yes, because they're both, like, A-class stellar actors and know how to read between the lines and bring these extra threads out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely on, feel it.
1: on the page, it's, you know, here's Dean telling the sad story that Gordon can find relatable. And then Gordon giving the backstory of when he was 18... A vampire broke in and presumably killed his sister, and he didn't know how to explain this to his family. So he left and took on a quest of vengeance. Mm -hmm. Again, John. We're having parallel lines drawn between these two characters. Mm -hmm. And then we have Dean saying, yeah, John died more recently than that, but this is what's making me feel. You know, that's the point of the scene, is to get these things across. But the actors are giving us that little poison taste under talk that I find so compelling. Like I could just watch this scene over and over, just to see the little nuances that they're bringing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's just pretty good. (laughs) It's not a crime to need your job. Again, that phrasing... I go crazy over the need. Yeah,
0: I agree. I I totally, <laughs> definitely agree.
1: <laughs> it's a treat. It's a treat for us. We're just like, nibble, 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 Yum, yum. Okay, <laughs> that's twenty minutes on that.
0: <laughs> but by God,
1: and <sighs> it, it needs it. It's so good, like truly. Again, we're watching a genre television show circa 2006. (laughs) But I would sit and, like, look at this scene. Look at what depths you can bring. (sighs) Okay. Next scene, we have Sam calling Ellen. And he has questions about Gordon Walker. (laughs) So, Ellen is saying that he's a good hunter, but um, when sam mentions that they're on a hunt with him she immediately gets covert and she's like no that's dangerous you can't do that
0: yeah yeah i know gordon yeah he's a good hunter oh i'm sorry
1: we're within a 50 mile radius of the man (laughs) no (laughs) he's dangerous to everyone and everything around him you need to just let him handle whatever job you're on and move on and listen to her okay she's serious
0: Super serial, okay?
1: Yeah. So, I just love that we need Ellen to give us the audience um, confirmation that we should not be listening to Gordon. I, I, lo- I did like seeing Ellen here. It was, yeah. I like that
0: they brought her in and didn't just have Sam having a one-sided conversation.
1: Yeah, I do agree on that. And I just find it kind of funny that She's like the, I don't know, the Ask Jeeves of the Hunter (laughs) World. Hunter World, yeah. Because
0: Sam called Ellen last episode, too, to ask about, hey, so we have this clown that Mm -hmm. is a ghost, but not actually a ghost, and he, yeah.
1: I'm just sitting here, I'm like, did Sam get a new laptop yet? Did we see him using one yet? No! So maybe that's why he's just like, hey, Siri, but it's, <laughs> it's talking to Ellen instead. Yeah. Yeah. We go back to um Gordon and Dean, and we get that brief thesis statement being stated clearly between them, where Gordon is telling Dean that he loves this life because it is starkly good versus evil. There is no nuance to the fight, they just kill the bad things. And Dean makes a joke that Sammy probably wouldn't agree with that. But Gordon says pointedly that Sam isn't like them. They were born to do this. It's in our blood. Yeah. We are killers.
0: Yeah. Gordon says something like, I get a, I get the feeling that Sam isn't like you or me. Mm-hmm. Not, not that that's a bad thing one way or the other but he just he's not like us we were born this way
1: yeah it's just so compelling to me that Gordon feels like he is passing no judgment on the way that Sam is compared to them Mm -hmm. because it would be easy enough to make him oh screw that guy you know you don't need to listen to him he's he's not pulling any of those moves when he's talking with Dean and it's so interesting because dean is compelled by that too it's exactly the siren song he needs to be lured in
0: yeah you don't feel like gordon's working some sort of angle here you don't because honestly i mean really even with hindsight even if we know everything that's going on with the episode he's not he just yeah you know he he's on a job he's he ran into a couple hunters, uh, and it's not like he is angling to bring Dean into his corner, there's yeah. no real reason for him to need to do that. Uh, but he is just a certain personality type that it, it's again that clarity and vision that Dean is very attracted to. And he really does seem to have this laissez-faire approach on things where I do it this way and other people can do it other ways, but this is the way that I see things. And I think Mm -hmm. that you, I think that you relate to that as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point that he doesn't sound like he's recruiting Mm-hmm. He genuinely feels like there's a kinship, um, a connection that he has with Dean, and they're both indulging in it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's got that single-mindedness that Elwyn on the other hand, is warning Sam off of pretty strongly. Pretty, She's pretty uh firm and yeah Gordon's a good hunter but Hannibal Lecter was a good psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 she's saying that he's dangerous and he can and it sounds like she's saying you know he can be reckless in his force of conviction. Mm-hmm. And uh it reminds me of John. Again, I it was reminds me just of John. single-mindedness because there there wasn't
1: a man that john met that he didn't piss off right Mm -hmm. and you'd say the same thing john's a hell of a hunter but don't work with him he's dangerous to everyone around him yeah oh it's so good (laughs) i have i have to look up AO3 after this. I mean, until we started talking about
0: it, I didn't really think about that there were real parallels between John and Gordon, but I see them now.
1: I've I'm, I'm just like bangs the drum. That was all I was seeing while watching this. I don't know what that <laughs> says about me, but I could see the way that it was being connected and like John's absence and the depression it brings. Uh-huh. And the way that Gordon is just, you know, the chalice is poisoned, but it tastes so lovely when you drink. Like, the whole seductive idea of just go with your baser instincts of, no, the world is simple. All I have to do is follow this and I'll be fine. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm again john with his single-minded determination of vengeance is the only thing that matters my kids being raised as normal people getting to have a community all no irrelevant that's not the we have one sliver of focus and that's all we're paying attention to
0: john's single-minded determination that's basically all that we've been told about the man. I mean, if there's anything that we know about John Winchester, it's that single-minded determination and the sacrifice at all costs and that he would run over anything that was in his way. And we've Mm -hmm. seen that it's caused... I mean, we haven't gotten some of the more explicit details of the consequences of John's actions in the past yeah. uh thinking about Ellen's husband yeah bill bill or John's falling out with Bobby uh but we have been told again and again that you know John's not an easy man to get along with yeah and it's funny because later on the in the episode when Sam turns on Dean and is like, I know what you're doing here. You're trying to replace dad. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Where is this coming from? Where? See, this is this is why I should do closer rewatches, B. <laughs> I was like, what?
1: What are you talking <laughs> about, sort of Sam? What shit are you doing here? <laughs>
0: I'm like, way to pull that one out of her ass,
1: Sam.
0: <laughs> but like I said, as we're talking about it, I mean, like, I, I see what they were doing. They were actually, they were being serious about that, right? They were writing those John Gordon parallels into Gordon's personality from the beginning.
1: Yeah. And yeah. we were
0: meant to see that those... Um, Similarities, uh, is is what Dean needed. He needed to fill the hole, as Sam says later. And I just bow a wow. Uh, but
1: <laughs> I I'm sitting here. I'm like Dean was attracted to Garden, and yeah, I'm like all the language again. The idea, of the depressive, the depressive angle to what gordon is saying like it's all these seductive elements of Mm -hmm. i'm feeling miserable and i just want to give into it
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think that that's why when sam later in the episode brings up their dad i was like oh what kind of vibe are you okay (laughs) okay little brother (laughs) you don't know
1: your brother very well i'm like but again dean just latches on to any sort of male what's the word
0: Authority, authority not, figure, yeah.
1: yeah. And so, Gordon is speaking with authority, like he's. Mm-hmm. Mm, again, we've we've beat that horse to death. Yeah. But yeah,
0: conviction, conviction, conviction. Yeah, and we'll talk about that little Dean Sam blew out later too. Mm-hmm.
1: So back on Sam, he goes to a vending machine to get a drink. He hears some rustling in the trees. He's on alert when he goes back to his motel room, but the one thing he does not expect is to be ambushed inside the motel room and clocked over the head with a landline phone. And so are you
0: saying that he is stopped and just at the moment when he thinks he's safe, he gets jumped?
1: I swear, Rebby Now I'm seeing it everywhere, too. I'm so glad that you brought it up. Sneak attack. You'll never expect it. (laughs)
0: Literally every action scene this episode was
1: sneak attack.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. So we had it with... I'm sorry. I said four. We have it five times. The intro scene Mm -hmm. conrad sam and dean and gordon at the bar Mm -hmm. sam and the vampires here and then lenore and gordon later in the episode
1: oh my god you're not kidding it's like we have to schedule one every five minutes or we'll (laughs) die
0: (laughs) i clocked it i thought it was funny
1: I, I, again, I was not paying attention to that. I was picking up all of these weirdo vibes that I cannot stop talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sam
0: gets knocked one Mm -hmm. good and cut to black.
1: Yeah. He gets driven somewhere. There is a gag in his mouth. And a bag gets pulled off of his head, and we see the bartender, Eli slash Benny. And we discover he's a vampire. And he closes in on Sam with his fangs out. And we come back from commercial break to find Lenore telling him to wait. Step back, Eli.
0: I will never get over the fact that I had no clue that Eli the vampire... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Eli the bartender was also Eli the vampire, who's also Benny the vampire. Mm-hmm. The layers. I had no clue.
1: And you get to be surprised, Pikachu face. Each time
0: you watch that, like... <laughs> so, Lenore.
1: Yeah. Now she's giving her park and bark, where eventually we get. I shouldn't say eventually. The gist that we get from her conversation is she wears through Sam's suspicion that she's lying, but essentially we find out that the vampires in this area do not feed on humans. They drink cattle blood, which is disgusting, but they do it because they want to blend in and keep the hunters off their backs. And we find out vampires seem to be endangered, and it's not, like, 100% consensus amongst the vampire group but lenora is the leader and her other nest mates listen to her and um they are trying to convince sam to convince the other hunters to just let them move on from this location um they're not killing anyone you don't need to kill them either
0: yeah and, like you said, Sam is very skeptical of this. He's kind of putting out this no, you're the monster. Why would I ever believe you? Mm-hmm. oh how do I know this is even the truth? You're vampires, killing is what you do, but yeah. lenore uh you know disputes him at every pass, and uh just asserts that they are not hurting anyone and they have a right to live
1: yeah so sam asks for one good reason to believe them so lenore says that they will let him go and so she tells eli to take sam back to the motel do not harm a hair on his head (laughs) and we see the bag go back over sam's head and he gets brought To the vampire's truck. I thought it was, like, this really old van for a second just by looking at the seats. And I was like, no, it's a really old truck to have those seats.
0: I can't say I paid too much attention to the car.
1: That's fair. You're not missing much. (laughs) And we return to the motel where Gordon and Dean have relocated. And they're currently poring over maps. And Gordon is bringing... Dean into his trust. He's giving all the information he knows about the case so far. And essentially we have an area of the town where he has been checking things out but there is so much ground to cover that he hasn't found the vampires yet.
0: Yeah. Gordon, who had previously said thanks but no thanks, is mm-hmm. now uh, bringing Dean into the hunt and he is willing to work with dean to track down the nest
1: mm-hmm. and dean's enthusiastic too
0: oh yeah yeah he is definitely team gordon right now and yeah i don't know this is just a hunt you know there's mm-hmm. nothing complicated about this it's just vampires.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing they've bonded at this point now. Without Sam there to kind of temper him, Dean has thrown his lot in behind Gordon. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about this time Dean is checking his watch and he's wondering, where is Sam? And Gordon's like, maybe he's out for a walk. He seems to be the walking type. (laughs) I don't know why I liked that little line. It was just so accurate
0: <laughs> seems like the type that would take walks
1: <laughs> i'm just like i'm like how did it sound like an insult when you said it but like yes <laughs> <laughs> and just then sam enters looking like he was on the walk. out for a walk oh and he's asking to speak to dean privately so they go outside
0: I don't know why he hates Gordon so much, just right off the bat. But whatever. I mean, well, never mind. He's. I guess he's talked to Ellen by this point.
1: Yeah, but he- like at this point, the MILF has warned him against it.
0: <laughs> but still, from the very beginning, he's just been kind of like disproportionately bitch face, d- bitch face, and rude to this guy. He doesn't even spare gordon a glance and asked to speak to dean outside privately please
1: yeah and so he catches dean up on what happened how lenore spoke to him and then let him go and dean just first of all he seems surprised that oh my god you were at a nest how many did you kill how did you get out alive and then yeah
0: you know where it is um,
1: yeah And when Sam's explaining what Lenore said, Dean just does not care. He says that they'll find the vamps and waste them anyways. And while they're talking, we see Gordon is eavesdropping on them. And Dean is saying, it is their job to kill the supernatural. But Sam counters that their job is to hunt evil, and these vampires don't fit the definition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What Dean says uh i don't know i i was gonna say echoes what gordon was saying earlier but that implies a certain level of influence like gordon influenced dean's Mm -hmm. thoughts i don't know if that's the case i think that dean uh i don't think that gordon influenced dean any one way i think that they legitimately they could just kind of feel the same way about these things um yeah it's black and white, you know?
1: Dean has permission to respond these ways.
0: Yeah. If it's supernatural, we kill it. That's our job. End of story. And, Sam, our job is to stop people from being hurt. I see no people being hurt here.
1: Yeah. And then Dean goes the next level and advocates for genocide. <laughs> I Yeah? He, he's <laughs> Arguing that all vampires are the same. They are not human. They need to be exterminated. Like, he's actually arguing that all supernatural is mm-hmm. in that category.
0: Yes. Which is how he was raised.
1: Mm-hmm. Which he
0: points out twice at the final conversation of this episode. There's no black and white. There's no reason. And, wow. You know, B. I don't know if we want to talk about it but i'm getting some like racial
1: (laughs) (laughs) again this is where i like get crazy that they're like we're using sterling k brown as the vehicle to bring this in like it's i mean this episode at
0: its core is about prejudice yeah but they don't I'm, even realize it, I feel I'm like. Getting, like. What the fuck? Oh, no,
1: they do. They do, Remy. I'm getting out the companion book because when I read this, again, I was like, you are so white, you are blinded by what you are doing. Oh, my God. Like, okay, I'm flipping. Give me a sec. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we're t- doing Kripke quotes and Jeremy Oh, no, it's a Kripke quotes. And a Jared Padalecki quote. So here we are. We set out to create a monster episode where you weren't entirely sure whether these monsters should be killed, creator Eric Kripke explains. With the character Gordon lumping all vampires together as evil, this episode, quote, touched on racial issues, Jared Padalecki notes. You can't just look at somebody who's done something wrong and assume everybody is doing something wrong. We're not throwing it in your face. We're exploring the issue in a fun way. I mean, we're making a show about demons and ghosts. We're not making a Michael Moore documentary or something. But they fucking know that there's the racial connotations with it. And it's just bonkers to me where it's like, we're casting so many white hunters across the board. And like, hey, here is... Our first black hunter, our first, like... Yeah. Man of color who gets to have screen time and, like, more than one sentence to say. It's like, we're going to make him advocate for genocide.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to make him the poster boy for prejudice here. Yeah.
1: Oh, goodness. I I mean, it's not to say that you couldn't have a character of color have these opinions and have this be like their villain uh, villain origin story what have you but when it's the only protagonist or antagonist, antagonist
0: exactly yes
1: yeah so there's a lot in here where it's like just reading the script you've got compelling shit but then the way that you've cast the episode adds a new layer to it and then the way that you have cast the series so far and will continue into the mm-hmm. future puts another lens onto what they're doing. Mhm. Ugh. It's complicated shit.
0: Yeah. Well, we have Sam who really believes that Lenore and her her family are not a threat and Dean almost outright says I don't care if they are or they aren't killing people. Uh they're monsters and we need to waste them. Yeah. Or he uh, that's unfair. He doesn't say that. He just says he he questions whether or not Sam should believe what they're saying here.
1: Well, he does say that they're all the same and need to be executed. Yes, he or does right, say exterminated. that. exterminated.
0: Yeah, no, they're killers and they need to be killed.
1: Yeah. And so Sam is baffled that Dean is taking so much of Gordon, like he's sipping from the Kool-Aid cup from mm. uh, mm-hmm. Sam's perspective. It's like, how do you trust someone that you just met? They're both countering each other in this way because Sam is pointing to Ellen's words as justification for why he doesn't trust Gordon. And then they're using the fact, well, you don't know Ellen any better than I know Gordon. Like, how can you trust her and then tell me to not trust him? Yeah,
0: yeah. Sam says, Ellen says they're bad. He is bad news. And yeah.
1: Oh yeah, because we know
0: Ellen oh so well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And here's where that line that you have been mentioning, um, Sam saying that Gordon is just acting as a substitute for John and a poor one at that. And Dean's so irritated. Um, He puts on this little fake smile thing and then Sam says that he can see right through that too. And, quote, dad's dead and he left a hole and it hurts so bad you can't take it. But you can't just fill that hole with whoever you want to. It's an insult to his memory. And And I'm like, this conversation
0: is kind of horny, but also we have John in the mix, so it's kind of not horny. I know, that was just like
1: (laughs) anti, (laughs) anti... There's such an energy this I'm like (laughs) Sarah Gamble guess what honey come over to my (laughs) therapist table because I have to now inspect your brain like a little sticky insect the way that I want to inspect crib keys.
0: Oh my gosh but yeah for me and I've said it I said it but for me when Sam brought out all like He was like, oh, I see what this is. You have daddy issues. I'm like, okay, well, we knew that. You just want to... On the daddy (laughs) issues show. (laughs) You're just trying to fill a hole from dad's death, and you're just trying to replace their father. I was like, where... Where did this come from? I didn't I didn't get this at all, but I get it I get it, now, B. I get it. I do.
1: I mean, maybe I'm just pulling you to the dark place that <laughs> my brain went. After hearing this, so I'm like, I guess we have to retroactively make this make sense. And then, oh no, it does. But I'm also like, Sam, in this episode, maybe you're correct, but retroactively, again, you're going to be wrong because Dean has mommy issues. He just Ha 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 Oh, my God. It, it,
0: I don't know. Just the whole way that Sam mm-hmm. just instantly dislikes Gordon and is uh, calling out Dean on, I don't know, liking Gordon. And I it, it's one part, like, snotty, jealous little brother and one part... Totally missing the mark. <laughs> it's it's snotty. It's snotty. Jealous little brother, and it's uh, a snotty little brother that doesn't know what the lotion in the bathroom is used for.
1: Like, <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, what, what do I think of this? It's a level of emotional insight that we do not normally expect these characters to have and because it's an unusual level of insight and they're reading each other on like a psychological level (laughs) it feels like they've just been stripped naked in front of us and we see their whole hoo-ha's just hanging out there and we're like don't do that you're in a parking lot like (laughs) that's what it kind of feels like like it feels scandalous almost that they're reading each other to filth this way
0: oh my god so you totally agree with Sam here that this is what Dean is doing like Sam has Dean pegged
1: whether I agree or not hearing that line allowed me to watch the episode with that in mind and find lots of evidence for it right so the first time I watched it I'm probably not picking up on that you're where I'm at where I was at yeah. I was where you were at. And then I'm like, I guess I gotta go get a psychology degree and figure out what the fuck he has to do with this. And then I did. And then he did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. I'm sorry. I just thought about all the AO3 fix out there that has Dean calling Gordon daddy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, no. I, I didn't say that. I search. didn't think that. I didn't like that. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, my God. That never happened.
1: That was a dead bird that just <laughs> fell into the conversation. We watched it fall into the ground. It's like, oh, no. Is uh, someone going to pick that up? <laughs> okay, so Dean... Horse also, range. Dean
0: gets two boyfriends in the course of two episodes, just saying.
1: He, he, the energy, again, that he has with these characters. Sam goes and interrogates the MILF. Once <laughs> again, and Dean exposes his emotional trauma to the nearest man. <laughs> To the nearest man figure. And... Dean's hoarse little voice when he's like, okay, after Sam's little tirade here, and right before he socks Sam in the face, again, I'm like, jacked choices. Yeah.
0: Very yeah. good. Yeah, very good.
1: Man, I-, I did like that punch to the face.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, th- 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 brothers don't do a
1: hit, but... <laughs> When they are throwing Freud into the conversation, they get one hit. Uh Uh-huh. And Sam just says, hit me all you want. It won't change anything. And then I guess that part of the conversation is over. Dean just says he's going to go to the nest with or without Sam's help. So pick a side. We're at war. And Sam follows him to the motel room. And this is where we find out Gordon has left Presumably heading for the nest, based off of what he gleaned from eavesdropping. Mm-hmm. And Sam wants to go stop him. Dean wants to lend a hand. Sam asks for the benefit of the doubt, saying, you owe me. And Dean says, well, we'll see about that. And when they go to pursue Gordon, they discover that he has stolen the Impala's keys. Yep. q hot wiring the Impello. i just fixed her up too poor baby yeah dean is unimpressed this is the first mark against gordon in his book <laughs> he snaked the keys so now they're driving and sam is recalling the travel time from the bridge he crossed to the farm And he's using what he memorized, even while blindfolded, um, to locate their um, destination on a map. And Dean calls him a pain in the ass, but he's impressed with how his brother is able to figure these things out.
0: Yeah, it brings me back to... I don't know. Things like this, uh, where... Sam was abducted, he was blindfolded, he was put in the back of a car, and he was driven out of town, but he still, um, was trained as, he he's just been, he and Dean both have been so well trained that they are survivors, and Sam kept a mental map in his head of where he was going, and... Mm-hmm. Just just little things like that. Like, it, re- it, it reminded me of what... Or it made me think of what Gordon said earlier in the episode. Sam and Dean Winchester. Great trackers. Good in a fight. I don't know. I don't know. Just that sort of notoriety it, mm-hmm. it feels earned. And yeah. I just always think, like, these kids were raised to this from birth basically from birth and yeah they and they don't even they don't even know that they're exceptional in these ways but heck but they like i said they're survivors
1: yeah that's a good point like gordon got into this when he was just barely 18 but they were doing it for 18 years at that point Mm
0: mm-hmm So Dean, I mean, Sam kept this little mental map of where the, uh, the house was, the nest was, and, uh, off they go. Yeah. Even Dean is like, oh, okay. Wow. You, okay, let's go.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to the farm. We see Lenore and Eli packing and he says that they can't leave like this. They should stay and fight. It's self-defense at this point. Mm-hmm. But she says killing these hunters will solve nothing since the vampires are outnumbered anyways and more hunters will just follow. But um, Eli still is arguing saying that you can't reason with hunters. They're going to kill us anyways. Um, but Lenore is not giving up hope just yet and she says if we can change they can change so they're going to gather everyone of their nest and leave before sunrise
0: yep and I did like both here and in the earlier the first conversation with with Lenore how we kept to our continuity a little bit where just five episodes ago with Dead Man's Blood, uh, John, this supposed seasoned hunter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thought that the vampires were extinct. You know, I thought that Elkins and other hunters had sniffed them all out and had basically exterminated the race. Yeah. And now we have Lenore saying... I don't know, just like this little history into the vampires and if if there really was this great purge and if the hunters, I don't know, I I got from what Lenore is saying here that the hunters are um Responsible. <laughs> responsible. And something to be feared.
1: Yeah. And
0: and the the reason why Lenora is still alive is because her and her cohort went to ground and they stopped killing people and they've uh they've been living on cattle blood for a long time and it was because they knew that they were being hunted. And you really felt that in um I don't know. I I just think that Lenore brought to this episode that real fear of being hunted and the loss of life and the fact that mm-hmm. they were nearly driven to extinction.
1: Yeah. Like when we were in Dead Man's Blood, we hear from John the fact that as soon as a vampire gets your scent, they'll hunt you for life. Mm -hmm. But in this episode, we get to see from the quote unquote monster's perspective. And they're saying the same thing about hunters, that they will follow us until they kill us. Mm -hmm. And we need to, you know, flee to live another day. So it's just interesting to have the first episode where it's no longer just what the hunters are saying taken at face value. But mm-hmm. we're given that complexity. We're given the narrator's bias and being given the opportunity to question it.
0: Yeah. Talk about freaking taking a glimpse at the sun and being like, oh, no, that topic's a little too hot for us. Yeah. <laughs> we have lenore who is giving us this little hint of like survivor's guilt and ptsd from like she is a she is a survivor of a genocide
1: yeah yeah and And what do you do with that when the people responsible for killing you are convinced that you're the bigger threat
0: yeah yeah and the writers are just like
1: yeah that's the thing that's happening yeah episode three season two we can handle that.
0: Don't look too close, though.
1: Yeah. Um. Gordon finds the nest while Lenore and the rest are still packing. He ends up grabbing Lenore and stabs her with a knife coated with dead man's blood. Yep. And then inside the farmhouse, just the two of them alone, he is recoding the knife and slicing again into her. Um, Sam and Dean do arrive, and Gordon invites them to sit, join him. Torturing and...
0: her for information.
1: Yes. I was going to say, for once, Dean seems put off by Gordon's behavior. He sees the torture and is kind of repulsed by it.
0: Gordon is trying to get Lenore to uh, tell him where the rest of the vampires are, and he invites Sam and Dean to join in yeah grab a knife yeah grab a knife we're gonna figure out where the rest of the nest is and then we're going to take them out
1: yeah and sam is barking at uh gordon about his behavior and gordon is snapping back and i i say snapping but again he's so cool he's so calm and Mm -hmm. dean is just asking everyone to chill out and gordon says sammy's the one who needs to chill like pointedly calling him sammy
0: Uh i'm completely chill Mm -hmm.
1: gordon ends up agreeing to step away from her um but he upgrades to a longer blade and gordon ends up um he's blocking sam's ability to go and free lenore
0: right because sam makes to untie lenore Mm -hmm. and uh gordon doesn't let sam pass instead he grabs sam puts him in a chokehold with this dangerous looking knife at his throat and dean immediately goes on you know The defensive against Gordon pulls his gun, demands that Gordon let Sam go, but Mm -hmm. Gordon says, no, 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 wait. I'm not going to hurt you, Sam. I'm not going to hurt him. I just want to prove a point.
1: Yeah. Because as they're talking here, Dean is trying to, you know, coach that they can talk through this and... Gordon is still adamant that it's a black and white issue. Mm-hmm. And Dean says, I know how you feel about, like, the vampire who killed your sister deserved to die. But Gordon ends up laughing and saying that when his, his sister didn't die from the vampire, his sister was turned. And so he hunted her down and killed him, killed her himself because it wasn't his sister anymore. He says, I didn't blink. And Sam and Dean are appalled by this, but Gordon says, like, we realized that Gordon knew these vampires were harmless, and he yeah. just didn't care. He's saying that it's in their nature. He doesn't buy their nice guy routine. It doesn't change what they are. And by holding Sam's arm out, bleeding above Lenore's face, he's proving a point to say, do you still want to save her? Even when, like, look at her. They're all the same. They're all evil, bloodthirsty monsters.
0: Yeah, with Sam bleeding directly above Lenore's face and his blood is, his human blood is dripping down uh, onto her. She goes feral, I suppose you can say. She loses control of her baser instincts.
1: Yes. Yeah. I went with the Buffy. She vamps out. She vamps out. But it is losing control of... The restraint that she's had on herself.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Except she does rest that control back.
1: Yes, and she's kind of moaning, "No, no." So she's not one hundred percent, but she knows enough to override these instincts. Yeah. No, and, I won't.
0: Even yeah. though Gordon is trying to prove, yes, she will. She's yes. saying, "No, I
1: won't." Exactly. And so since Lenore doesn't rise to the bait, Sam pushes Gordon away and says that they're done here. Um, he picks up Lenore and, while Dean keeps his gun trained on Gordon, telling him that they've got some things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Gordon coldly tells Dean to get out of his way and that Dean isn't serious about shooting him. You know, would you really choose them over your own kind. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, yeah, it's I'm struggling to believe it too. But if you want those vamps, you need to go through me. Yeah. Uh, here,
0: where they're talking... Where Sam and Dean are trying to talk down... Well, I shouldn't say Sam and Dean. Where Sam is being his usual peacocky self and you know like you want, you want to you're gonna go bro are you gonna go no yeah he's i'm very righteous i'm demanding that you let her go and you're gonna listen to me and what i say uh dean is as always being the more diplomatic one the mediator mm-hmm. oh god i hate you i hate you because i can't stop saying this <laughs> the john sam parallels John-Sam-Dean parallels.
1: Yes, exactly. Because, again, Sam is bristling against Gordon, whereas Dean is ready to step in line behind him. And it's very pointed. And, again, Gordon, his sister, we find out, wasn't killed by a vampire. Vampire was turned, and Gordon made the decision to put him down. And, like, again, talking what we talked about at the start of the episode, how... John's final orders to Dean are to put his brother down if need be. And here Gordon was like, yeah, need needs bead. Yeah. And so I did it. Yeah. And I don't think that Dean is there yet. And to find that Gordon is... Um, made him realize how far a step he was being asked to make to follow him.
0: Yeah, one of those things that you can only appreciate with hindsight mm-hmm. yeah, that none of that because we don't know yet exactly what John said to Dean but uh, with knowing that John was warning Dean that there could be a point where Dean would have to Kill Sam because he became something monstrous yeah. uh d- d- this there d- there's even more you know parallels that exist in this episode than we would have realized at the you know first watch of this episode
1: exactly, and that's the really fun part, like when the show's at its best is it's giving us those things, yeah,
0: yeah, hints.
1: Hints and parallels. Hints and parallels that we don't even know are there. Yeah. Okay, so we have a fight. Um, Gordon, you know, he stabs his knife into the table. Dean discharges the chamber. I don't know. Gun doohickey fallout. <laughs> <laughs> the clip. So, the clip. The clip. Thank you. So the they're both disarmed, but Gordon has an easier time rearming. And you can see Dean just be like, oh, I fell for that one.
0: Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved it. Because because um, Gordon, like you said, puts the knife down. And Dean discharges the clip of his gun. And then he's tucking the gun back into his... I don't know... waistband yeah he doesn't have a holster his waistband and as he's turned to put the gun back in his waistband Gordon picks up the knife
1: and is like gotcha it's so good it is really good he's like oh damn it so they have a fight Gordon um he's doing a swipe Dean bangs loose his grip on the blade And Gordon, again, is saying he can't believe that they aren't on the same side here. Yeah. And Dean calls him a sadistic bastard. Gordon, again, reiterates that Dean is a killer like him, not like Sam. And Dean ends up knocking Gordon out and ties him to a chair and leaves him like that until sunrise.
0: Yep. And Sam returns at dawn and Lenore and the rest of uh, her family have left the city
1: yeah so gordon is still refusing to talk to them he has been dead silence since <laughs> i actually i
0: love this so much because um dean beats gordon in the fight he ties him to a chair um there's this weird Kind of line. I, I say it's weird because it didn't really make much sense to me. Where during the fight, Gordon was taunting uh, Dean to say that you know you're a killer just like me. We're one in the same. Blahdy blahdy blah. But then once uh say once Dean gets the upper hand and does manage to you know he's tying gordon to the chair he says something along the lines of you know what maybe we are the same but you're the one who who's getting tied up right now
1: it's so weird
0: it just doesn't make
1: sense <laughs> it's it's because it's the story beat where you're supposed to see your character has learned a lesson but they either can't fire that chamber off right now or Dean's not there yet. Like, it's the same problem that we had in Something Wicked, where the climatic whatever doesn't yeah. fit with everything that was happening in the episode up to that point. Yeah. They were like, we have to put something snappy here, where it's like, oh, I might be like you or I might not. And, like, that's as far as the thought went. They are like, we gotta put something on the end of it. It's like, at least I'm not tied to a chair. Like,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it's that's the
0: lesson learned. At least I'm not tied to the chair. <laughs> yeah,
1: he he's having the bro moment in the car later. Sam, at least we're not tied to the chair. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, good point. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's weird. but whatever. So, but anyway, so this whole thing goes down. My favorite part of Sam Sam returning to the scene is the last that we saw of Sam is he carried Lenore out the house and he was going to go help them, you know, get out of town. And he returns hours and hours later and Mm -hmm. Dean is beaten, his face is bruised and Gordon's tied to a chair and Sam takes one look and he's like, did I miss something? (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's just that there's this energy that mm-hmm. that came to this episode that is just so appreciated yeah sam did i miss something <laughs> dean says oh no not much
1: it's very good yeah um yeah so they're going to leave gordon like that for a couple of days then call someone to come and untie him um and before saying farewell um dean punches gordon and knocks the chair over and is like okay yeah now we can go yep um outside we get the first hint that jared Padalecki broke his hand um where he's like <laughs> yeah my arm used to hurt and it turns out that he like broke it this episode didn't realize until partway through filming the next episode so they had to finish episode four and um, then put the cast on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I read that. Uh, So he, he's like flexing his hand here, turning his arm. And Mm -hmm. I thought that I I think that he was making a show of the fact that he had a bandage around his forearm where Gordon uh, Mm -hmm. cut him. Yeah. Uh, Which is the same arm. Uh, But you're right. In this episode, Jared Padalecki breaks his hand uh, earlier on in the episode when he is struggling with two of the vampires in the motel room. He takes a landline phone to the back of the head. He falls on his hand awkwardly, apparently, and yeah, he doesn't realize it's broken until a week later.
1: Oh, I mean, he's like, yeah, it's still hurting. And then they check it out. Oh, no. You you done did it. You done broke the dang thing.
0: This is one of the few episodes where I know some trivia about the episode because Yay. I was thinking that I found Lenore's house here. Very familiar looking. Yeah? Yeah. I I, I didn't actually find anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like I swear to god I've seen this house before. I've seen these windows, I've mm-hmm. seen this nook. I know this house. Which, you know, so much filming happens in uh Vancouver. I yeah. I I'm maybe I have, maybe I haven't. H- heck, not even Thinking about other shows, maybe it is something that was reused a location. I sh- I should say that mm-hmm. was reused in Supernatural, uh, but I didn't see anything just with a brief Google around. But uh, on the trivia pages, I you know did see about Jared's hand, and I had a laugh at one of the trivia items that was like, this is the first episode that Dean calls baby baby, and this is the first episode that Sam's hair is parted down the, mi- yes. down the middle, embracing the style that will carry him through the rest of his life.
1: Yes.
0: The first episode where Jared's hair is parted down the, mi- the middle, which is so true, and I didn't realize I watched the whole episode and I was like forehead, 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 forehead. <laughs> Something different. I didn't know why. And then I laughed my ass off when I saw that. And I was like, oh, it's the <laughs> it's the butt part. That that's what did it.
1: Oh, down the middle, bold choice. <laughs> why? Why? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. we're we're so close to the end. We gotta go. We're so close. Okay, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Okay, okay, okay. So Dean is asking Sam to punch him back from his earlier punch earlier. You know, I'm giving you a Mm -hmm, mm freebie. But Sam's like, no, I'll take it as a rain check. And then here is that epic point from Dean where he's lamenting how this job has messed everything up for him. Yeah. And... He doesn't want to reflect on the past, but he is wondering, like, did we do wrong? Did dad do wrong?
0: Think about all the hunts we went on our whole lives. What if we killed things that didn't deserve killing? Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: w- that's... Th- w- what a fucking sentence to be said. yeah. And what a sentence for the show to be like? Okay, we're gonna just ignore that and then only bring it up when it's convenient. God,
0: because uh, because directly after that, what if we killed things that didn't deserve killing? It's just yeah. the f- it's just the way that our dad raised us. He raised us to hate anything that he told. He 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 raised us to hate these. These things, Mm -hmm. which we are now positing in this episode are not things, but, you know, monsters are people, too. So, talk about racial themes and just, again, staring into the sun. Our our dad raised us to think a certain way, and now we're questioning the... the rightness of that way of thinking and you know
1: and like dean's struggling with an extra layer because he's saying that killing them he's even enjoyed it so now you know not only was it a job but it was a pleasure so holy shit if, if if it shouldn't have even been a job i'm in extra shit
0: yeah yeah killing them hating them
1: I never questioned it. It's just what we did. Sam points out that Dean didn't kill Lenore, but Dean counters that every instinct told him to do it, and he was wanting to kill all of them. But Sam again points out the fact that Dean didn't do this, and that's what matters. It's the choice.
0: Yeah, it's the change. You're capable of change, and I—I I said yeah. that very sarcastically, but like, yeah, that's the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> you can change, Dean. You don't yeah. have to live under your father's thumb, uh, uh, Gordon's and like, just thumb. Just because it's
1: programmed into you doesn't mean you can't break that programming.
0: Right, right. It's programmed into you. I know that it. You found comfort in falling into Gordon's arms with Mm -hmm. who had all these same uh, convictions that your father had. And yeah, it was a familiar way of thinking. Uh, But you can, you can break free of that mold. Dean. Yeah.
1: And like Dean as his father's son, who has been so dutiful and following orders and doing what his father has asked of him. In this moment, Dean is also saying, like, I wanted to follow my instincts here. And Sam is saying, but you didn't. Like, you mm-hmm. you made the choice. You went against that. And so, again, that's giving Dean the opportunity to take a step back and question that persona that he has been stuck inside up to this point. And Dean saying, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Which is the counterpoint to Gordon's whole, this is poison, but it is so sweet. You want to do this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pick, at, pick at the edges of that scar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keep that wound open. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just interesting for Dean to... Be told, like, you could be your own person. And he's like, I hate it. Put it back. Control Z, Control Z.
0: How? Oh no. My God. The way that dad raised us. Ugh. And, and we, another thing that struck me about this conversation where Dean says, we were taught to hate, we were taught to kill. And then, Sam says, you know, dad, after mom died, he just did the best he could. Mm -hmm. Dean says, yeah, I know. And and it's funny because I feel like for 15 seasons, all of... It's just been this refrain. He did the best he could. He did the best Mm -hmm. he could. And it's only now in the earlier seasons where it really is just that fallback line that I know I've heard 15 years down the road. He did the Mm -hmm. best he could. The thing that we repeat over and over again. Uh, Hearing it here, it struck me just how... It's already kind of wearing thin, you know the lady doth yeah. protest too much,
1: yeah, like it's if it's feeling hollow when you hear it now, it's like, oh my gosh, you trot this old chestnut out for another fifteen years.
0: That's all they ever have to say. There's not any actual like defenses <laughs> against John's behavior. The thing that strikes me it's always like. John did this shitty thing that screwed us up for life. But you yeah. know what? He he did the best he could. Yeah. That's all that's the formula.
1: John did irreparable damage to our psyche that we spent the rest of our literal lives trying to undo. But you know but he what? He did the best he could.
0: Exactly. Ugh. It wears thin. It it's a hollow sentiment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not given depth and complexity to it. It's it's black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. So, as our parting way here, we have Dean calling Sam a pain in the ass, but thanking him for keeping Dean from jumping off the deep end. Sam says, don't mention it. And we part as dean has a pensive look on his face before he climbs into the car and drives away
0: how are you gonna do that how are you gonna do that how are you gonna gloss over dean's glamour shot here
1: the fucking solar flare beauty (laughs) elegance, stunning incredible cannot Get over the fact that that shot was in this episode. That a Robert Singer was like, (laughs) I got an idea. And then did that over the shoulder. Coy little coquettish. We see his eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what? 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 Yeah.
0: We have a five second stare down. Dean straight into the camera. And uh, we've all seen it. We've all seen this shot. I mean, it's legendary. And I just can't, I cannot get over the fact that they were filming this scene in the light of dawn. And they had Sam and Dean doing their little bro talk at the Impala. And Jensen Ackles looked so ethereal (laughs) beautiful otherworldly in this moment that they were like no we need more of this look I, I understand I just love that some cameraman some director was like no look I see what's happening here and we have to we cannot let this opportunity
1: pass okay Remy we need Jensen Ackles' eyes. Remy, was was it the Phantom Traveler episode that we see the Jensen Ackles ass equation, like, lie down scene? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was also Robert Singer.
0: <laughs> You're right!
1: I'm sorry, sh- I didn't make that noise. I'm like, speaking of Freud, like...
0: Yep, no, I remember you said the exact same thing. Robert Singer <laughs> gave I mean, us
1: the ass equation? I mean, and now he's giving us this. <laughs> like, Bobber, thank you, first of all, but, like, what's you doing there? What, what you doing there, buddy? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're seeing what we're all seeing, but, like, then you get mad when people are like, hey, I'm reading some, like, sexual tension between these two characters. And he's like, no! (laughs) No! There's none of that in this show. I don't actually know what he talks like or what he says, but I feel an old man vibe coming through the lens.
0: Maybe it's because you watched The French Mistake and he was (laughs) just this parody of the old man vibe.
1: Oh my god. Yes. Oh, we're gonna get to that, Remy.
0: I just love so much that they had him in this beautiful light and I know that this was not a planned shot. They were
1: just like, the lighting is just too beautiful! They're like, this man in this light needs to be captured for the CW. Love the CW. Yet, but...
0: Jensen, look this way. Just look over here. Stare down the camera for 10 seconds and we over got you. Over your shoulder,
1: please, sir. Yeah. Yes, yes. Just like that.
0: Lower the lashes. Lower. Lower. Perfect. Seduce Beautiful. the
1: camera for us, please. <laughs> Pensive? No. Pensive Jensen. Sed- <laughs> seductive. If we were still naming podcast episodes, stupid things that we said, I would <laughs> nominate Pensive Gensiv." <Jensef> as, <laughs> as my nominee.
0: Uh, we decided that uh, coming up with clever
1: names was too much work. <laughs> we... Okay. Who... Did anyone notice the hiatus we went on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our final okay. shot of the whole episode is this yeah. solar Planner. flare, over-the-shoulder, green eyes for
1: days, Jensen Endlessly screen-capped.
0: You have seen it before. Garen fucking T.
1: Yeah. And if you haven't, well, rewatch the episode and experience as much psychosexual trauma as we did. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. 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 Here we are.
0: Here we are. See, I always feel I I always in an episode feeling like you're always the first to do the final takeaway. But then when I think about it, I'm like, I always feel like you're the first one to do the final takeaway, but then the guilt of thinking that you're the first one to do the final takeaway prompts me into jumping into taking the first final takeaway. So I think that statistically I'm the first one to do the final takeaway. I mean, if you want to, I know what mine is. Mine is very simply... See if you were to give one big, you know, thematic <laughs> final takeaway, I'm I I probably would pick something different, but I'll go first. And okay. <laughs> my final takeaway is that I just like Sterling K. Brown as Gordon Walker. And he brings this sucking riptide energy to this character and uh you know themes aside like i don't give a shit what comes out of his mouth i just found him very compelling as a character and he is another one of those stellar actors that yeah i don't know The sheriff in this episode was like, I got three (laughs) lines, but I'm bringing it for those three lines. Sterling K. Brown for this episode was like, I see you. I see you, little sheriff actor character. This is not, this is absolutely not what happened. But
1: (laughs) (laughs) narrator voice footage not found. (laughs) And I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna out act the shit out of every single person in this
1: episode. Oh, amen. So, I liked it. I think my final takeaway, and, like, I'm gonna say this only quasi-facetiously, but I'm like, this episode has some horny vibes to it. <laughs> like, there, there's an undercurrent. It's a riptide, like you said, that it just, it's pulling you. If you're not paying attention to it, you're lucky that if you can just skate the surface. But all you need is it to snag you a little bit. And then it's like, oh my god, you're plunging into the depths. And you're just sitting in that darkness for a little bit. And just enjoying what Gordon is bringing to the table. Which is that element. Like, I'll say it once. I'll say it a million times. That element of just just indulge that dark side of you just indulge that thing that is going to hurt you you know it just he's such an interesting character that this episode is really a cool way of bringing in an antagonistic hunter and yet not making him into a caricature
0: yes yeah i totally agree He's a compelling character, not just because uh, Australian K. Brown plays him well, but also because he is, I don't know, he's muted in a way that you wouldn't expect from an antagonist. Which, maybe, I mean, I, I think that that comes from it being that slow reveal of an antagonist yeah you know, he starts as a as the protagonist and then is revealed to be an antagonist um uh, but it it really worked for this episode for how he was written and how uh sterling played it
1: yeah like i think sterling brought a lot to this character and kept it from wandering into that caricature zone.
0: I I like how my takeaway was fuck the themes, just Sterling K. Brown.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, he is such a phenomenal talent that, like I said last week, I literally gasped when I realized he was in this show. I was like, <laughs> this show, <laughs> <laughs> <Burr>? <laughs> like. And for the people listening,
0: I mean, this is such a, it's an energy, right? So if you haven't recently watched the episode, then, you know, it's its Gordon. This is the Gordon episode. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I felt about it going into watching, re-watching. Uh, but just the fact that I feel like both of our takeaways was, wow, just the way that this one actor played this one role, it, Just it brought so much to the episode as a whole. uh That is telling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. I'm like Supernatural did not deserve him. And not to put a point on it, but... It's kind of horny. There's kind of a horny vibe on this one. Kind of horny. Or like I'm like, oh my god again, (laughs) if I'm going Freudian with this episode, I'm like, what have I done? (laughs) Embrace it. Open the door. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the woods are lovely, dark, and deep (laughs) but I have miles to go before I sleep. Oh my god. And on that note
0: B, I yeah, I love you so much.
1: I love you too. This is fun. It's always we, fun. We haven't been like this deranged in a while though <laughs> i I'm, I'm happy that we get to indulge that from time to time again. just a sip is fun i i uh i
0: I always have my notes and I write my notes on a notebook and it's the uh just you know college rolled
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Notebook, and then uh, there's the little header at the top of my college ruled notebook note paper, and I have in all caps in the header since I it was a note to self after the fact that I watched the episode and wrote all my notes. Mm-hmm. Sam's hair part. L O L O L O
1: L O L. That was my, like, way after the fact, <laughs> fact, too. Like, yeah. you saw me pop it off at the start of this episode. like, I need this out here because this was the most delightful <laughs> trivia point. All caps.
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys, for listening. This was season two, episode three, Blood Lust. We hope that you have enjoyed and next week we will cover uh,
1: children shouldn't play with dead things. Yes. I just hammered my way and I'm like, Rami, I get to say something too. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. You're fine.
0: No, I got nothing left to say. I was going to let you pick up after I said the title of the next week's episode.
1: No, too bad. So sad. Children Shouldn't Play the Dead Things, Season 2, Episode 4. Like, <laughs> review, subscribe, give us some feedback, please, for the love of God, because we're having a blast, and we hope you are, too.
0: Yeah, so we hope that you're enjoying it, and we would love to spread it further. So, we will see you guys next week. We love you. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.